Hey, y'all. Welcome to another episode of Support Women in Sports. Alana and I are both really hyped for today's guest. We, we have a really unique perspective, so I will let Alana introduce her. Yeah. Hey, everyone. Thanks for tuning in to another episode. Today's guest is Brittany Palmer, and she is a UFC Octagon Girl and artist. So, Brittany, thank you so much for coming on. If you'd like to give us um, a little bit of your background and kind of how you got to where you are today. Um, Hi. Well, thank you for having me. Um, I guess a little bit of a background is I've been with UFC for about 13 years. I grew up in Las Vegas and um, I was actually a professional dancer and I started getting into the entertainment industry really young. And um, I was with WEC at 19 years old, which is a UFC sister company. And I've been loyal to the company ever since. And I love the sport and I love working uh, with the family. And uh, yeah. So, and then, you know, as an artist, I just naturally was picking up art skills uh, when I was 21 years old and uh, moved to Los Angeles to go to art school and pursue that career. And now I have both. That's amazing. I was looking through your Instagram before this and I saw some of your artwork and it was amazing. Like, how have you kind of balanced um, both sides of your lives, like in this crazy industry of sports and entertainment? You know, I think it's just paving the way and not, you know, not being subjected to one type of category, right? Like just because I have this modeling or, you know, this career doing one thing doesn't necessarily mean I have to just only be that professional hot chick as they would say for a long time. And, you know, and I just never, and I never really cared what anyone thought. And I never really cared that it might be a little bit harder for me in the art world because of you know, what I do with UFC. I never, it never bothered me. I was just, it was more just with being who I was and who I am, which is an artist. And um, it's actually, I've been able to merge both of them. You know, I paint for UFC. I paint the UFC fighters. Um, I've worked alongside uh, Reebok. And, you know, it's been really special to be able to incorporate both my art and, you know, my love for UFC. Yeah. For sure. I think that's really unique. And I think a lot of people in this industry sometimes get tied down by just one thing. So it's really awesome that you've been able to um, expand both and, and really grow like your personal brand too in that process. Like you have a really strong presence on social media and it's really cool to see um, both sides and just like showing the true you. Yeah, I think it's important, you know, uh, especially for women, when you'd have something like a talent or just a passion for anything, whether it's music or art or anything, you know, just go out and say it and do it. And don't be so afraid of what people are going to say and think. And, you know, art is, it's when you put something out there and you ladies know, you work in the entertainment industry right now. So when you put out a podcast, you're like, are they going to like it? But you just have to do it anyway. And the people who are going to like it are going to be the people who are drawn to you the most. And those are the followers that you want. And then the people that don't, they will go and go follow someone else that they do like, you know, we can't please them all. We just please ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's huge. And I know you kind of touched on it right now when you were saying like they're pro hot chick and kind of, you know, like you said, you were able to segue through those two different, I guess, industries and be able to do both and balance it. How do you feel like over the years, how the image, I guess, of a pro hot chick, like how have you been able to kind of go against like the stereotype and, and be able to branch out and kind of, you know, show that it, it's more than just like being like the octagon, um, octagon girl I guess the UFC octagon girl yeah um yeah how have you been able to kind of just 
you know, show that that's part of you, but also kind of like there's all these other parts of being a woman overall? You know, I really think it's about consistency. You know, it'd be one thing to go and say I'm an artist and do a painting or two and then stop doing that and then continue doing the hot chick. But I've always been very consistent with my art. I've balanced it very well. You know, like life is about yin and yang. It's about balance. So I don't just put out, you know, on social media, uh, just hot photos of me, right? Like I'll incorporate art and I think it's important. And I have a whole, my whole art page, which is Brittany Palmer art. That is strictly art. And that's kind of that side of me. But, um, you know, I've been pushing art for, oh gosh, 10 years, 10 years. I've been in every article that they talk, you know, any article I've done, Maxim or all of these beautiful publications I was able to um, be in, I would always talk about art, you know, from the beginning. And eventually now it's been able to stick, but still, I mean, it's still always going to be somewhat of a struggle because this is what they know me as. And honestly, I'm so grateful because I love UFC. I love, I love it so much. So it's okay. But I think as long as you're consistent and you consistently show who you are, eventually it will pick up and people will see it. And, you know, they see you're genuine. Yeah. I think that's huge. Like, I think it's hard for a lot of people to it come off as genuine sometimes on social media. A little bit about my bra- background is I work for Open Doors, which is an athlete endorsement uh, company. So I, very much of my job is like athletes on social media and like growing their personal brand. And like we always say, like you just have to be like authentic and like show your true self and. I think you made a really good point about like the followers, like people are going to follow you or not. Like people will probably give you backlash and criticism, but like that's just people on the internet. So like, have you had a lot of that? Like how have you kind of handled that? Um, You know, it's with backlash on the internet. I I had a great, so Dana White, who's the president of the UFC, um, right when I had joined the UFC family. So I was 21, I was 21 years old. Yeah. And Dana pulled me aside. I remember that we were doing like an appearance at a nightclub or something. And I went up to Dana and I said, I just want to thank you so much. I'm so happy to be a part of the team. You know, that you go to your boss, like when you get the big promotion. And Dana just gave me the best piece of advice. He goes, let me just tell you, he goes, don't read what they say. You know, don't read those comments. Don't take any offense. Like, and he already pre-warned me at 21 years old. So I knew, and this is before social media was where it is now. So from the beginning, when it even, the doors opened for it, I already was prepared to not read it and to not just be bothered. I don't even read it, to be honest. And I have friends that go on and they'll read comments and they'll start stuff with them. And then my friend will call me. She's like, well, I'm going to get them. I'm like, don't even worry about it. You know, it just doesn't, you can't, Andy Warhol said, don't, um, don't listen to what they write, measure it at inches. Right. So it's just, people will talk and that's just, that's great. As they're commenting, they're building their own opinion about something they have no idea about. And it just ultimately is a reflection of who they are. So it, it just doesn't bother me at all. Um, and I think maybe if I read them, it would bother me, but I don't read them. So I don't know. Yeah. I love that. Like just a clap to that. Like, you don't even need to, it doesn't matter. I mean, you can easily scroll. And if you want to like, you know, interact with people saying positive things, that's incredible. But you people we're smart. You can find the trolls. Yes. Yeah. And I guess too, like, obviously you've been around for what you've been with UFC for how long now? 20 ish years? 
No. <laughs> no. Oh my gosh. No. But 13 years, a long time. 13 years. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I can't do math in my head. Like mental math is not my strong suit. So we're but, good. But like, <laughs> I, mean, I was 13 when I started. No, I was, I was old enough. Um, yeah. I've been with them for 13 years. Okay. So like, how have you kind of seen like, maybe not necessarily like social media, but like how UFC has really grown in the past 13 years. I feel like it's becoming increasingly more popular. Yeah. I mean, well, from the beginning, they always said that UFC was the fastest growing sport in the world. And it really did take on a mind of its own. You know, I remember when we sold out the stadium in Toronto and it was some odd like 20,000 people. No, it was, it was something insane. And it was the, it was a complete, whole stadium and we were on these big jumbo screens and this was 10 years ago, nine years ago, maybe. And that's when we all knew. And I remember we were standing there about to walk out and Dana was there and we all looked and we just hear, you heard the whole like stadium just roaring for us. And we just knew at this point, like we're just, this is huge. And we already knew it was, but that was a good turning point. Um, I think for the company and to be a part of such a, you know, to be a part of something so cool. I love UFC. Like I've said before, I love the fights. I love the fighters. I just think it's such an, a fascinating art. Um, and, you know, it's really great to be a part of it. Yeah. I think like that you said, it's definitely like a whole different sport and really just like the way it's like all organized. It's definitely like anything different from like the NBA and the NFL. It's like its own its own thing all over here. And I think it's really awesome. How did you, I know that you said, you know, you started kind of with like the sister company at first, but what really drew you to like the sports and entertainment world? What, like, did you play sports as a little girl or kind of just like, how did you, yeah, become interested in it? So I grew up in Las Vegas and where, um, where I'm from, you know, from Vegas, you know, the, the city is very much built on tourism and, you know, the strip is kind of the heart, right? That's what everyone thinks when they go to Vegas. And they're probably right. So in saying that, you know, being creative is something that's just in my blood. Um, I've always been very creative in school. I loved to create. I love to dance. And I love to do those kind of be in the arts. So, um, but we didn't really have big art programs in high school where I, you know, the school I went to wasn't a very good school. And we didn't have, I didn't even really think I was going to graduate, right? Like it was just, I didn't have so much of a drive of what I was going to do. But one thing I loved was the entertainment industry. And I wanted to dance in shows. I wanted to be in a big headdress with a crystal bra. And I wanted to come out and just be on these big stages. And that's ultimately what I had worked for. So right out of high school, I started dancing um, I was working with a magician at the V Ultimate Variety Show, which was at the Aladdin at the time. Um, I danced in Jubilee, which is at Bally's. I danced in the Express Show at the Flamingo Hotel for th- for three years. So I was just in entertainment, like right out of high school. I was dancing on stage in these big feather headdresses, and um, and I got to do what I really, really loved. I mean, I, was I great at it? No, but I I, I faked it enough to get the get the part. And, um, because I was a dancer, I worked, uh, with modeling agencies and the modeling agency, um, had called me for an audition to be a ring girl. Now UFC started in Vegas, their headquarters are in Las Vegas. So it was always a big part of Vegas anyway, because that's where all the fights were. So I was very much drawn to the opportunity and to know like, wow, UFC, like I watch that all the time. My boyfriend's mom loves it. You know, like that was just what we you know did on spite night, Saturday night. So. 
Um, so obviously I jumped at the audition and I got it and the rest is history. That's amazing. That's crazy. I didn't even realize like, I mean, I've never been to Vegas, but yeah, that's really cool. (laughs) (laughs) You go to Vegas, go Um, check out the shows. That's that's such a beautiful under, um, under appreciated sometimes. I think part of Las Vegas, I think a lot of people go and they're just like, let's just get messed up. And I mean, although I, that that's great, but the shows and what the production value that they put in it is what made me want to be such a, you know, prolific dancer. Yeah. Yeah. I guess like going off of that too, like what advice or like, how do you want to present yourself for like the next generation um, coming after you? And like, what advice would you give somebody who wants to get into like either UFC or shows in Vegas, like what advice would you give them? What's something that you wish you had learned um, earlier? Um, I wish that I had learned that you don't really need, I'm just going to laymanly put it. You don't have to be a trained professional to get the things that you want. I think a lot of the times people, we box ourselves out like, oh, I never went to art school. I can't be an artist. No, 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 no. I never danced as a little girl. I can't be a dancer. I didn't do any of those things. I, these are something that I was self-taught and I worked my butt off for. And it's something you definitely have to work at, but you don't have to have a certain degree to do something like these. And I think it's really important for people to understand that and to not, um, you know, think that things are out of their reach. You can literally do anything that you want. If you put enough time and practice and you really just put your heart into it, you will figure out a way. Now, obviously I understand when you do need degrees, that's a whole different thing. And that's that own, but for the entertainment, for what I've done, um, you didn't, you don't need to feel that it's not reachable for you because it's a hundred percent reachable and all capacity. And even if as an artist, if you think that your art's not good enough, I mean, first of all, you have to know your art is good enough first and then everyone else will follow. And that's all, you know, it's really just having confidence in whatever you want to do and a hundred percent, anything you want is obtainable fact. <laughs> so I wish I someone told that. me that because then I would have just started this earlier and then, you know, but either way it all happened for me to be here, which I'm happy. Yeah. That's incredible. I feel like that's like a huge thing. Like I I think a lot of people like in the sports industry or entertainment too, it's kind of like, Oh, I think like there's like this straight line to exactly where I want to be. And it's like, no, like there's really like all these different ways and you're probably going to get off and you know, you're going to, you know, fall out and fall in. And and it's definitely something that holds really true. I feel like to any, any kind of part of life for sure. Yeah. What has been some of your favorite memories either with like UFC or maybe like some of your favorite art pieces that you've been able to work on during like this whole entire journey? Um, well, there's a lot of great, um, opportunities that have happened. Um, you know, when I got to do the big publications when I was in my early twenties, that was really cool. You know, I was like 24 years old and I did Maxim and FHM and I did Playboy. Uh, and so that was kind of a cool experience. Like, and I was in my early twenties. So, you know, imagine like, that's like the life, um, that was really cool. And, uh, but I mean, now I think that the things that I hold, you know, dear is when I get to work with UFC and paint. So I did a show, uh, summer of last year called electric flow. And I actually, and it's during a big fight week where they have all the fighters come in and we do autograph signings and all this, you know, big events around it. 
And I painted the fighters that were fighting in that event. And then, so what they end up doing with those paintings is they put them on apparel and then selling them at the arena. So not only was I working the arena, I like at the fight, I would go and see my shirts in the audience. And so that was really cool to like have, like it all came full circle. Um, there was another time that I designed the shirts for Reebok that were worn on the stage of the weigh-ins. So the fighters had the whole thing and I'm standing on stage with them just as, you know, an octagon girl, something that some people would, you know, see is just, you know, she was just standing there with a big smile, but I was like, no, I'm a designer on this stage. So I was kind of like breaking the mold, right? Like creating what I wanted to and not saying, no, I'm just an octagon girl. Like, no, I'm a designer standing in this outfit on the stage. And I designed, you know, these fighters wearing it. And I thought that that was just a cool thing because, you know, I did all of this and I worked my, you know, I worked really hard for it. So I think those are really great opportunities. That's so cool. Like, (laughs) that's amazing. Like, so all of this started as a sticker, like a simple design and it's blown up into um, a podcast and a pretty great Twitter community that we've built. So it's cool how like art and design and creativity can like really make something that people like can connect to and like create a connection to. And that's where it all starts, you know, like it starts with something as simple as a sticker. Like my art career started with a car accident. I was in a car accident when I was 21 years old and I was still with UFC and I was still, well, I was with WBC at that time. They hadn't merged yet. And I was dancing and I was T-boned, fractured my pelvis in three places. I couldn't walk for three months. So for three months, I couldn't dance, couldn't walk. And I had to just sit and just heal. And I just started to paint every day because I couldn't stand TV. I had wasn't really big and as big as I am now into reading. So I was just paint and paint and paint and paint and smoke a bunch of pot and paint. And eventually I just like developed such a talent, not, not a talent a passion for this, that dancing was never really the same anymore. And I kind of just didn't, didn't feel that that was fueling me anymore. And I felt like I was better at painting than I was at dancing. And I completely changed and at, out of nowhere, boom. And this is something I'd been dancing for years. And I just woke up and I said, I, I don't want to go back to that. I want to go to art school and I want to move to Los Angeles. So I moved here, paid my way through just, I took classes and it wasn't like I had to have like a degree in it. No, you can, you can just go pay for classes and just kind of pay your way until you get the hang of it until you get the, you know, the tools you need. And then I was done with school, took it for like a year. And then here I am. So just happens. Happy accidents, right? That's awesome. We talk about, we talk about that a lot on our podcast. So you just kind of have to trust the process and trust the journey and everybody's journey is going to be different, but in the end, like it all works out, right? Always, always. There's always a divine plan, you know, and it's people who resist. That's what, that's what gets in their way. You know, if you just, everything that's even happening in the world right now, we just can't do anything but release it. And just whatever happens, we'll deal with it and just accept that this is the plan. This is our, you know, inevitable fate. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's like huge. It's kind of like rolling through the punches. It's kind of like, okay, well, like everything happens for a reason. So we're just like going, (laughs) we're just waiting, you know, for like it kind of to, I guess like the light at the end of the tunnel, right? It's kind of just like, okay, like we're just going to keep rolling with the punches, keep going through it. 
But, and you yeah. have to find the light within, like, it, don't even look at it as an end, right? Because we can't change anything that happened yesterday and we have no idea what's going to happen tomorrow. All we can do is just find the light today. So if you can start living there and that's the problem that we all go through, you know, we start thinking so much like, Oh gosh, would this, could this, you know, and then think about what we would have changed, but we can't literally the past means nothing. It's already dead. It's gone. And we, we don't know tomorrow. So I think it's so important that you just like make today the light, you know, like there's no end of the tunnel. We're in it. Yeah. Like I love how you said about how you like can't change the past. Like one of my big like mottos is like, dwelling on the past like disrupts peak performance in the present so so true just like living by that and I think personally like for me I was somebody who always was very stressed about like my past my future and like how life was gonna line up but like ever Mm -hmm. since COVID hit I'm like I'm just gonna go with the flow like whatever happens happens so well COVID taught you know it's I feel like some a lot of the we're learning a lot this year regardless of, you know, and we, we have time to, we're with ourselves so much. So you have no, you know, choice, but to learn, but time really doesn't exist. It, it, it's something that was put there to, you know, control of how the days are going to go, but really doesn't exist. Now we realize that it doesn't exist. You know, what day is it? We don't know. What time is it? I don't know. It's, you know, so it's, it's a beautiful, beautiful lesson. And I think people will appreciate their time more is realizing that doesn't exist anyway. Yeah. I actually, I feel like I say that a lot, especially to Sydney. I'm like, I don't know what day it is. I'm like, what is time? I'm like, I'm just really like, yeah. <laughs> there was definitely like a point in COVID where I was like, I don't even know if it's Monday, if it's Friday. I'm like, I'm just, kinda <laughs> just like here, you know, just yeah. figuring it out. But the yeah. time is now, that's all. Definitely. So for you, I mean, kind of, I guess, you know, we're talking about like the future and it's kind of just like whatever the divine plan is, but what, where do you like want to see yourself for the next like five, 10 years? Like your art, you're doing something else, like completely like, breaking the mold, like you said, and taking on a new adventure. Where do you hope to be? You know, I really want to keep, obviously, you know, I'll always be creating, but I want to start working in bigger projects. And I, I found a new love for curating, um, which is basically just, um, curating shows, curating houses, maybe do bigger installations, just kind of bring my art up a level, you know, and I've always just tried to progress and get bigger and bigger. And, um, you know, I'm really excited to see, you know, the development of my art in five years from now, I couldn't even imagine. I mean, it's progressed so much in just the past five years. So I'm really excited just to continue this, you know, beautiful like path of spirituality and healing and self-discovery and, um, you know, let the cards fall where they may. <laughs> yeah. I think that's, that's like a huge thing, right? Like again, with like COVID, it's kind of just like, well, you know, like it's kind of, but also like continuing to grow, I think is like a huge thing, right? Like yeah. for anybody, it's like, you want to be constantly like learning and new things and just being able to, like you said, like elevate yourself. And like you said, you wanted to elevate your art. So I think that's like a huge mindset to have too. Yeah. Yeah. I guess like another question is like, how do you stay in this mindset? Like, how do you keep yourself like mentally clear and like focused on the present? Meditations. Meditations are, and like, um, routines, having morning routines are really, really important. I wish I had known that younger, but I know it now. Um, I'm, I'm really big at, uh, you know, meditating in the morning, 10, 15 minutes. Um, it's a really, really important part of my day. I mean, sometimes when the thing about meditation and is people think that you have to be a pro at it and there's no such thing, you know, unless you're a monk, right? They're pros. 
but you don't really have to. Sometimes I literally sit and I list and I close my eyes and I just list what I have to do today. Like, and it's so it's, but I'm meditating because you're going in, right? You're so you're controlling your thoughts. So then once you can learn to control them, whether it's thinking about your list, I mean, the, the idea is to try to clear your mind, but sometimes it just doesn't happen that way. And that's okay. But the more you do it, the more you can maybe clear your mind for like, say, if you did it for 10 minutes, you can clear your mind for like one minute, two minutes. You're in complete bliss for those two minutes. But that pra- that skill that you can learn to develop will help you future. Like if I start thinking about the past, because I mean, I'm only human. Of course, I think about what I said that night when I partied 10 years ago that no one remembers, but like I said it and I was extremely loud or I'll think then I'm like, no, 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 we're back here. And you know, my healer would say, stay vertical, you know, you and you know, them upstairs. And that's kind of how you want to be. And, um, I think that that will helps me keep my mindset of staying in the present and staying now and not looking um, back on things that I can't change and, you know, just be in the moment. And that's what I think your higher self wants you to do is just enjoy this moment, and not worry. Yeah. I think that's huge. I had never really heard about like the stay like vertical. Like, I feel like that's, mm-hmm. I'm going I'm to have to like jot that down and remember it from now. Good. It's really easy. Yeah, yeah. Circle back. So what happens is Harry would be so proud of me, but what happens is we all live outside. What's she doing? What's he doing? And we're all worried about everyone around us. And we're worried about all these things, but that you can't worry about anybody. You really cannot do it because it's not going to help anything. And all you can do is lead by example. So when you're living vertically and you're always connected to your higher self, people will see that and you'll be a reflection for them because now like what I'm saying to you is I'm reflecting off of you. And now you're like, Oh, well maybe I'll live vertically. So it's like, inadvertently you're healing people without even having to heal them. So instead of worrying about your friend or worrying about this boy, they will see that you're not worried about them. Therefore they won't be worried either. It's, it's a whole, we're all reflections. We're like mirrors of each other. Yeah. Like at the end of the day, you're a team of one, like as selfish as it sounds sometimes, like that's not you. And like, yeah, like the only things that you were like, I don't know, this is what I always say. It's like, you can control like two things, like your, well, three things, your actions, your reactions, and your effort towards something. Otherwise, like nothing else is in your And that's all yourself. you. And it all boils down to one thing that really you have control over is yourself, which is yeah. why it's so important to meditate. Because when you give yourself that five or 10 minutes or 15 minutes, 20 minutes, sometimes you give yourself that respect in the morning. If you really just say, you know what, I'm going to dedicate this to you, to my higher self you start connecting and then you start getting downloads and then you're, you start when you have a thought about a situation, you'll start getting the answer in your mind because you're so connected to yourself. And then you're like, Oh shit, I know the answer to that. So you're done. And then, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Like so many people have told me that I need to meditate and you have just convinced me that like, yes, I like how you talked about, like, it's not always about a hundred percent clearing your head. Like that's old. Yeah. Like just, that's the thing. I always was the same way. I was like, Oh, you know, like I can't do it. I suck at this. And then I'm like, no, 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 no. Like that's, you can't say that. So now I've just learned to just completely let go. And sometimes I just sit with my eyes closed, singing a song. Like it doesn't, that's all meditation. It's ultimately going in and understanding who you are. And then when you can do that, you can start hearing your insane mind at the call. So when you start repeating like situations, like I can't believe this happened, then you circle around it. You think about the entire situation and then you circle back to it. It's called a loop. We all put our, we drive ourselves crazy. 
So you can start noticing who you are when you meditate because you see what thoughts are going in your head and you can start controlling them. Um, yeah, you should definitely meditate. And there, the, what I use is the Calm app. That's a really great app. Um, okay. Yeah. And then they have like, they can, they have like a week long meditation that she can like help you and it's guided. And then eventually you can just do open meditations. Yeah. I've tried the Calm app before. Um, I was a student athlete and like we all, the big 10 like got the Calm app for all student athletes. I don't know. It kind of stressed me out that there's somebody else talking to me. I think maybe yeah. that's what like turned me off of it actually. Yeah, but so. maybe you do the, just the free one, like the, just yeah. put music on or like on YouTube, if you put like 10 minute meditation it'll like give you a good music or something that'll help get you into the mood yeah yeah, yeah that's true i'll definitely look and, into like that. the yoga route i've like tried that during like quarantine my mom like spoke so highly of it she's like it's really nice and i was like okay so then like, it's kind of like where it ended up and i think it's helped a lot too like it's just like i just kind of like let it go and then like towards the end it's like five minutes of meditation so it's like okay like now i've done it and then it's like okay i feel better I'm, like there you go yeah but, yoga's exactly. great definitely so like kind of just like wrapping it all up. And I think it's something that we talk about a lot with like all of our different guests and um, something that's like talked about a lot, I guess, in general. But how, do you feel like you've ever had to like overcome like any obstacles or just had any issues like really being a woman in sports and entertainment? Obviously, like as a UFC, like Octagon Girl, I feel like you're even like in public more and maybe almost like more, I guess, uh how do I say this? More, like it could be more common, I guess, almost in a way, kind of like the space that you're in. So do you ever feel like you've had to overcome it? And I know you've said, you know, you don't pay attention to the haters, but do you feel like you've had to overcome obstacles? Kind of yeah. Thing? I mean, of course, you know, I think when I was younger, I mean, look, I'm 33 now. So when I was in my early twenties and, you know, it wasn't as easy for me to just kind of brush off the bad press or, you know, being in the press in a negative uh, light, you know, I had, I had a little time there when I was in a, tricky situation. And it's kind of hard sometimes when you have the public eye looking at some of the most in the, what's, you know, the real stuff that's going on inside when you have cameras and news reporters and, you know, so I've been in a situation. um, So that was, I had overcome, you know, being in the public eye during a really personal and um, transformative part of my life. And but, you know, I got through it and it's just, it's one of those things that this is the, you know, I, I know the position I am. And I think at that time I was a little bit more reckless. Um, but at the same time, it's, you know, all of it brought me to here and they're all just, you know, things under my cap and um, yeah, a better understanding about who I am and, you know, what this life's about. Yeah. I think it's like huge to like grow from those things. I think it's like really what it comes down to. Like, again, what you're saying, like with meditating, like not going like backwards, but just kind of still looking vertical. And it's like, okay, like this happened and I'm going to grow from it. And like, yeah, it happened. It's that, dead. We're, we're done. Like, you know, keep moving. That yeah, moment is completely just, like, dead. Yeah, exactly. Like, RIP. Yeah. Bye. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah, for sure. I love that. Like, this is like hitting home for me. Like my tweets, sometimes I get into like these really deep, like <laughs> life, like it's so important to like grow and like growth mindset is something that I'm like a huge, uh, I don't know, like a fan of, and like I always tell people about it. So I like, I love this type of stuff. Yeah. Well, it's so important, especially when, you know, us ladies have a platform 
to try to spread that, you know, spread love, not fear is really important, especially now, especially with everything that's happening. It's so, you know, powerful and people will be a lot more responsive. And if they're not, like I said, then they can go follow someone that does spread fear. And that's, that's their reflection, but you want to reflect the people who you want to um, attract. And so I think it's really important to spread that positive and to strengthen your mind because right now everyone feels a little weak and we all feel a little exhausted. So it's really good to see um, influential people promote. Cause that's what, that's what they need. That's what, that's what our, I think, you know, I was saying this the other day on an uh, Instagram story or something that it's our obligation to have this plat, having this flat platform, we are obligated to promote positive love and just, you know, that's just, that's the, that's the job. And if you don't want to take the job, then you're abusing the power. And if you abuse the power, the power will abuse you. Cause like I said, it's all a reflection. Yeah. Our big like phrase, I guess you could say of our entire platform is good vibes only. Like we're never going to bring uh, negative attention to somebody. Like we're always here to like try to uplift people and create a platform for other people to spread positive vibes as well. Like, yeah. And then what's more positivity doing that, those positive people are going to talk about yours and then it's just, everyone just goes right up and it uplifts everyone. So that's great. Exactly. Well, thank you so much for taking the time today. Uh, I really enjoyed this. Um, I know, Alana, you probably did too. So thank you so much for sharing your experience. No problem. Thank you, guys. You're so sweet. Thank you. I definitely feel like it was like a different vibe of like the ones that we've done before. But I think it's like really important, you know, just talk about like that growth mindset and, and the positivity and just continuously just trying to better ourselves. I think it's huge for sure. Yeah.